You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to another Physics Ed Podcast. Glad to have you yet again for another chat around STEM education. And by the way, if it's your first time, you're in a hangout space. Uh, on this podcast, we get to talk with lots of different educators from all over the planet and hear about what they've been doing to get kids right into science and technology and all that sort of thing. Really, really fun. And uh, every now and then we get to come across some really interesting chats. And this one is one of those days. Uh, CERN, you know, the big ring, the large hadron collider, that particle accelerator under Europe, that 27 kilometer ring. They run a fantastic competition called the Beamline for Schools competition where kids all over the planet in teams compete to be able to come visit the ring and actually use real particle accelerators to do real science, to do real experiments. And it's very, very, very cool. So Sarah Aritz from CERN on this chat is going to describe all about what it's about and how you can get involved. So I'm very excited to present this. It's another season of the Phys Ed Podcast. There's plenty of them in the back catalogue that you can check out as well. But today we're talking particle physics and how you can get involved. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. This competition called Beamline for Schools offers actually high school students from all around the world the chance to perform a real experiment at a real research laboratory. And this is therefore quite unique. So there is no fee to pay, so really everyone can take part. And then we invite teams of at least five students and one adult team coach to propose a scientific experiment that they would like to perform at a particle accelerator. And of course, we know that this might be a big challenge in the beginning, as um, particle physics is usually not taught in school. However, uh, the students are not alone, and we do provide a lot of help. So our Beamline for Schools team and national contact persons in about 30 countries are answering students' questions, also partially in their native language even, and helping them uh, while they are developing their proposals. Uh, furthermore, we provide also many useful resources on our website. Uh, first of all, of course, technical information about the beam conditions and also the available detectors which the students can use for the experiments they come up with. But second, we um, also provide a list of possible example experiments which the students can work out themselves in more detail in case they do not come up with their own idea maybe. And we also provide all previous winning proposals for the students to get an idea how such a proposal can look like and what has been done in the past. And very important then, in order to take part in this competition, each team has to submit a written proposal up to 1,000 words and a one-minute video until the deadline, a very important date, which is always 31st of March, midnight CET, so Geneva time for CERN. And then, after an evaluation of all received proposals, which takes about two months actually, we then announced the winning teams and up to 30 shortlisted teams in June. And the winning teams are then invited in autumn with up to nine students and two team coaches per winning team for about two weeks with full cost covered really to perform the experiments themselves together with professional scientists. 
but there is also more. So the shortlisted teams receive, for example, extra prizes such as Beamer for Schools t-shirts and also a particle detector for the school in recent years. And every participant shortlisted or not receives a certificate of participation. So it's really cool to take part. So what you're saying is you've got a very small project. There's not many people involved whatsoever. <laughs> this is crazy. You're really, really busy. So I mean, as I can see on your website, you've got 49 countries were involved in 2019. I mean, with 178 teams, that is not a small undertaking at all. And it's considering the languages, let alone what you're doing. I mean, well done. Um, where, Thank did, you. <laughs> where did this all come from? I mean, obviously, I mean, particle physics is a growing area for uh, science, flat out, simple as that. But the, I mean, to organize schools around the planet, I mean, someone decided to bite off a bit. <laughs> where did yeah. it come from? That's a very good question. So actually, this competition is organized by CERN. So those of you who don't know anything about CERN, this is an international research laboratory close to Geneva in Switzerland, uh, Europe, uh, and uh, is accommodating the largest particle accelerator in the world with a circumference of 27 kilometers. So, and the Beamline for Schools competition was actually founded in 2014 at the time of CERN's 60th birthday. And since then, it inspires and trains high school students in science. So the basic idea of this competition is really to get high school students in the age range of about 16 to 19 deeply engaged with particle physics by offering this uh, unique chance to carry out their own experiments on a beamline, well, actually under the same conditions as professional scientists. So yeah, this is how it came up. So it's running since six years and we are looking forward to hopefully many more successful years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Large Hadron Collider is, it's not a small machine. <laughs> it's no, not. no. <laughs> and uh, I mean, mind you, I mean, okay, so there'll be lots of people listening in there, science teachers, they know exactly what you're talking about. There'll be lots of teachers and museum people who have come across as well. But if you're listening in and wondering, oh, I've heard of it sort of, uh, this is where that Higgs boson thing came about. <laughs> this is where a lot of uh, theoretical physics as well as the real analytical stuff happens to look at what happens right at the very start of time and what could happen in the future. It's a really cool place. Um, I mean, I must say, uh, speaking with some of our team, they were saying, you're speaking with someone from CERN? And they kind of wanted to jump on it as well. <laughs> no, it, it, it's very cool. Uh, so, right, so I just heard when you were uh, describing at the start uh, that um, in recent years, uh, you helped some schools you know, have a particle detector. Is, is that sort of done with, um, I mean, dry ice or liquid nitrogen just to see, you know, muons and bits and pieces? Like, what, what, what's, what is that? Yes, so um, we have a team here at CERN and they are very keen to develop a low-cost particle detector to detect muons, um, a very elementary particle which uh, is going through us every second and you can measure it actually. And uh, this uh, low-cost detector, uh, they are building here really from scratch, developing um, it, and it's open source. And in recent years, we have given the shortlisted teams, each team, uh, one of these detectors, fully assembled and tested and shipped to wherever these shortlisted teams are, so that they can use it in their classrooms for many, many years and um, help support particle physics in the classroom and uh, see what you can do with it and get the students engaged really actively in particle physics, which is usually not a topic um, which is taught very often in school, of course. Oh, that, that's so very cool and well done. Um, obviously, I, mean, can, I, I can imagine um, some school districts just never having that chance at all 
and that being as part of the pricing is just that's that's awesome it's really really cool um so i guess i mean i would love to know i mean I mean, you just I mean last year in march you know 31 you would have had all these proposals come in from all around the world and eventually you had to whittle it down to who gets to go so i guess yeah. what the winning team of last year what was their experiment what did they want to know about so um, one of the winning teams of last year actually looked at fundamental differences between matter and antimatter. So we first have to say that actually since last year we are collaborating with another research laboratory, which is DESI in Hamburg in Germany, um, because CERN's accelerators are currently switched off for maintenance and upgrade until next year. So this is why we are collaborating with them. And the winning teams last year have been invited to DESI together with our team to perform the experiments there. And there they were looking at electrons and positrons actually. And these particles at high energies, when they collide with a target, such as a piece of tungsten, for example, uh, some of their energy gets transferred into photons. And these photons can in turn transform into other particles. And eventually, a shower of particles at lower energies will develop. And the team has proposed to compare the properties of the particle showers originating from electrons with those created from positrons, which is the antimatter partner of the electron. So, and they are still analyzing their data and even going to a conference now, end of January, to present their results. So this has been very cool. Oh, very cool. I mean, actually just knowing, having uh, worked with students in, in, for many years, sometimes kids, when they hear antimatter, they think it's some sort of made up stuff, so the science fiction type material. And yet um, they will get scans potentially in hospitals that take advantage of this physics that's been around for years that we can do. And that really puts up the point that this work that gets done at CERN and other particle accelerators around the world is very useful for the public. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing that you yes. can be done. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, so, I mean, are you, imagine you're going to have way more schools involved this year again. I mean, I mean, you started in 2014 and this is just growing and growing. I mean, how many, how many people do you think might be involved this year in submitting? Oh, that is a very good question. I'm very, very curious to see um, all the proposals end of March finally. So, uh, I mean, so far in the last six years, we had about 10,000 students from 84 countries being involved in this competition. And each year on average, we had um, plus minus um, 200 teams. Uh, well, let's say between 150 and 200 teams. So I really hope that this year we will also have um, about 200 teams maybe competing again in this competition. Uh, we will see. We never know because actually, as it is with most of the competitions, I guess, most of the proposals are actually submitted on the last few days, end of March. So we can never really say how many we will get. Oh, absolutely. I've been involved in a few different committees over the years. And please, if you're listening in and you're thinking about submitting, don't do it on the last day. Then your computer doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't be that place. Um, it, it, usually, uh, if you have enough people, someone's going to send out a help me email. <laughs> help me, help me. Your, your page won't work. Yeah, do it a week prior if you can. And, and and by the way, I mean, uh, a, a lot of the people listening in, I mean, they are global, but we do have a lot of people in Australia. Don't worry that it's a month away. If you've missed the 2020 submission, that's cool because you've got all year to work out what you might want to do for 2021. Because I've got this funny feeling that this competition is not, not going to go away anytime soon. 
Well, hopefully not. So uh, currently ongoing the 2020 edition, um, the two winning teams will again be invited to DCs this year as we are still in shutdown. And the future of Beamline for Schools beyond 2020 is actually currently under discussion. So a decision is pending in which form the competition will be run after 2020, whereas several models are under discussion, including also the collaboration with further research laboratories, because even more laboratories have um, said that they are interested in hosting this competition. So we could even maybe French, uh, franchise this competition and invite more than two winning teams each year. So um, hosting the winning experiments at DESI last year has shown that the competition is not bound to one particular lab as long as the hosting lab is able to provide a particle beam workforce for the organization and also technical support and the necessary infrastructure, of course. Uh, so yeah, we don't know uh, what will come next year. Maybe we have more than one research lab and more than two winning teams. So there are even higher chances to win and to propose more different experiments because of course the beam conditions at different research laboratories are different. So there are even more experiments which can be proposed. So I would say, Stay tuned for edition 2021 of Beam Time for Schools. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, though, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's late January 2020 right now. Uh, schools are about to go back in, in a week or so. And there's a usual scramble for a week while people get their classes together and everything else. But year 11 and 12 physics won't go away, which means uh, if you're a physics teacher listening in, uh, this might be, I mean, this is really time stamping this conversation right now, but a big thing, Sarah, in Australia right now, or New South Wales, where I'm chatting with right now is uh the depth studies which is this idea that our students have to propose and conduct a real research project for genuine marks towards their certificate for high school uh in and this is a really potentially cool idea that if they were able to be a group that got selected to come to CERN to actually carry out their experiment as part of the depth studies that's over the top and such a huge thing to win so i'm just encouraged if australian teachers if you want to do something really cool this year, this is your opportunity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Actually, the uh, one of the winning teams I talked about uh, previously, uh, they also had projects in school, actually in the Netherlands, and uh, they uh, had the choice to do um, either another thing or to work on uh, Beamline for Schools experimental proposal. And they chose the latter. Uh, because it was actually included in the school curriculum to do something of that sort and then they won and got invited and now they are quite famous in their surrounding and the mayor of their city has been invited to the event and everything so they were um, interviewed with newspapers radio and so on so they are quite famous now <laughs> so i've got to ask sarah uh, how, did, how did you get involved with cern i mean like i mean it's an interest it's always good for people here like they often wonder how does someone become a, a particular person that does a certain thing and in this case you happen to be involved with beamline for schools how, how what's your background what did you what did you do before uh getting involved with cern yeah also a very good question actually i studied astrophysics i was always very very curious about stem especially um physics and astrophysics um, but I was also always curious to work with people and to support the future scientists of tomorrow, let's say. So I was also teaching in school for a few years, math and physics and grammar school. And then I did a professional teacher training at CERN, which you also can do here. And um, while doing that for a week, I kind of got stuck here. I was fascinated by this um, environment. 
and I started working in our education, communication and outreach team here at CERN and did a PhD uh, here in physics education research because we have a small team here at CERN doing physics education um, research as well, which no one knows almost. And uh, during this time, uh, many student programs uh, started here, not so we don't have only programs for teachers, national and international ones, but also a few programs for students now, which came up in recent years. And they offered me to take over one of them. And this is the Beamer for Schools competition. And I directly jumped on it because I find it very fascinating and a very cool concept for high school students. And I wish it already had existed during my time as a student because I for sure would have taken part. Absolutely. And like, I mean, I've um, for years have uh, just followed with fascination, just the discoveries around um, really subatomic physics. Like sometimes it gets over the top. I mean, it reminds me of that quote and I don't know whether it was Fermi or Einstein or whoever it was, but that quote of, if I could remember the names of these particles, I would have been a botanist or something like that. <laughs> but I mean, there's so many just kind of, it's weird to know that really what you're investigating is the fundamentals of matter itself. And it's, I oh, know it's, it's sort of like splitting the hair over and over and over again and finding, is there something deeper? Is there something deeper? Do they all relate? <laughs> it's, just, it's cool. And I love that high school students can start that journey at a seriously cool research facility. Oh yeah, that's very cool. And I also want to emphasize that because many are overwhelmed in the beginning and don't know what they should propose. And it's so much to learn that they really don't have to submit, um, an experimental proposal developed fully in detail really with everything so we will still work together with them on it once they all, uh, have won the competition and there are so many different cool ideas um, a few i have still in mind from the recent years just to give you a few examples from what i still remember are experiments about a shielding of spacecraft to protect astronauts from the dangers of cosmic radiation or the analysis of the atmosphere with respect to greenhouse gases, exploration of natural resources, or also creation of artificial aurora borealis, and even the artistic translation of signals of elementary particles into sights or sounds. So it's really, really cool what they come up with. And there are really almost no boundaries in what they can propose, except we cannot uh, put anything with DNA or anything radioactive in the beam. But apart from that, they are really free um, what they want to propose. Which means, I mean, I'm just going to ask the, the simple question, just to clarify for some people listening in. They're doing real research, not just making just a little side thing. They're actually doing a real thing that could be used for people. Yes, exactly. So um, they are doing real research and uh, three of our previous winning teams already even published peer-reviewed scientific articles in a journal about um, their research and their experience they had during this competition so uh, and you see even one team is invited now to a conference to um well to show their uh, results actually and it's really really cool what they are doing they are really doing actual science and see um how physics works they get into an insight into the life as a physicist and how science works and last year one uh, a few of the winning students actually said and that i found very fascinating well in school there's always one answer we have to find and there's one right answer and we only have to find this there's no creativity and when they were at daisy two weeks um conducting their experiments they really, really uh, were amazed that they were included in all decisions, that they could do hands-on 
own stuff themselves and they basically did the data analysis in the end themselves and that there is not one right answer sometimes you have just to discuss what you do and this is real science and that's what's always unfortunately lacking in school well it's uh certainly um you're doing certainly something about that around the particle side for sure <laughs> <laughs> No way to describe. And I'd imagine um, over time that you'll build up an alumni of, of winning schools and you know, people who are, you know, who are highly connected with this project. That means that over time, these students, I mean, they can you know, meet with, chat with each other or whatever, whatever it is as you go through the years. These, these kids kind of sort of forming a community, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we have an alumni group of all previous winning teams. Um, they are also in contact with each other. One even um, put up a Facebook group where they are chatting with each other. Uh, we also officially from Beamline for Schools put up a Facebook group where we have more than 500 members already, where students can find each other uh, across countries and form teams across countries. So students don't have to be from one school in order to take part in this competition. And in previous years, um, when we always invited two winning teams, they were always sad when they had to leave and get back home. But uh, some of the students visited each other in the different countries afterwards. So it's really, really cool when you see them developing and forming friendships. Absolutely. And just a bit of a uh, uh, thumb, thumbs up to the uh, supporters of the project, because I mean, these things don't just go, just, just don't turn out for nowhere. I mean, they need funding and a lot of resources and backing to make it yeah. happen. And um, we know that you've had a number of foundations involved to be able to keep it going. Yeah. So if you're listening in and you're from a foundation, <laughs> maybe <laughs> get in touch and they might, might, might help you out, help out soon. What were they trying to do to expand further? Um, hey, Sarah, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. The, undoubtedly there'll be some people who'd love to get in touch probably very soon i suspect uh so if if they were going to get in touch how would they go about it yes that's very good so online on our website which is cern so c-e-r-n cern.ch slash bl4s for really as a number for beamline for schools um, we have a contact form which you can fill out and which directly comes to us and online, we also have our direct email address from our team, which you can write to. And this is bl4s.team at cern.ch. So just uh, Google Beamline for Schools. Otherwise, find our website. There's all information on it. And you can contact us in different ways even. And we are happy to help and answer all your questions. Doesn't matter if it's organizational or technical. We will definitely help you. Absolutely. And um, look, and by the way, when you jump on the website, there is a good resource section there too. So it goes through, you know, you know previous documents and videos and you know, all the bits and pieces that you might want to do as you put together your submissions. So jump on board. And if you're not a high school physics teacher, um, let a high school physics teacher know <laughs> or a chemistry teacher because uh, it fits with both ways. Actually, I'm going to ask that, Sarah. Do you find mainly physics classes getting involved or do chemistry teachers get involved sometimes too? Um, it seems that it's mostly a physics classes, but not only. So uh, we had even students in winning teams who did not take physics, but they met, for example, in another, for example, a robotics group or another group they had at the school working on some kind of project and they got to know each other from different classes. And even though they might have not had physics, uh, they jumped into that project and uh, we had many students interested more in biology or IT stuff, programming and so on, or medicine. Uh, but 
you know, can, you know, you can do so many things with these experimental proposals. You don't have to be a nerd in physics. You can be interested in other things as well. And a good combination of different students is always the best for a team. Absolutely. It's highly creative and very interesting <laughs> to go along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, well, thank you, Sarah, very much. I know you're starting your day. Um, I'm finishing my day. <laughs> Right, yes. <laughs> Considering, we're, I think we're directly opposite on the planet, more or less. Almost, yeah, more or less, yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty close to it. But um, look, much appreciated. And good luck with the 2020 competition. No doubt it'll be yet another success, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully uh, people listening in, jump on board. It'd be great if a couple of you do get on board. And if you do, just give us a shout out and let us know how you went. <laughs> I'd love to know what project you, you, uh, you came up with. But um. In the meantime, uh, you know, if you don't do it this year, 2021 will have another permutation of this competition, I'm sure. Uh, you know, keep it on your radar and uh, enjoy. Sarah, have a fantastic day and I hope to catch you this soon. Yeah, thank you very much for this opportunity and greetings to Australia. <laughs> All the best. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Sarah Arrett, who you can really tell has a fantastically interesting job there at CERN, hearing from all these projects and getting to see them actually happen in the flesh. That would be so awesome. And tell you what would be more awesome, your class, your students, getting to head over to CERN to do real research. How amazing and uh, something to be said about actually seeing the real materials being used by kids, it, it does so much more for their actual understanding about how, not only how science works, but seeing that it's a real thing and done by real people and here are the machines that they've been learning about and now they get to use it. That is so, so cool. And by the way, Australia actually has its own nuclear science technology organisation. It's called ANSTO, Australia's Nuclear Science and Technology Organisation. That's who they are. And uh, recently, Duncan Bell, uh, Duncan works at Physics Education as an educator as well, and he actually heads up the Physics Twist podcast and uh, he popped on down to ANSTO which is just south of Sydney at a place called Lucas Heights. And I got to speak with Bridget Murphy and hear about what Ansto does in terms of research around particle physics and all that sort of thing. And he got to uh, design his own little uh, particle detector and uh, let's see how he went. So I just saw this trail of vapour appear in the chamber. That was cool. I have no idea what type it was though. What was another one? So that one looks too long to be an alpha particle, too straight to be a beta particle. I think we're going to need to do some more research. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you actually uh, found a muon, and that particular particle you can actually find if you make your own particle detector. And if you head on to the Physics Twist podcast, so F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, and then the word twist, T-W-I-S-T, Physics Twist, you'll be able to hear how he made it. And it's not that hard to actually make. You just need to get something really cold like nitrogen, liquid nitrogen or uh, dry ice or something like that and uh, set up the right temperature gradients and the right materials which you can get around the house and uh, you can see those particles for yourself, which is very, very cool. But the chat with Bridget from Anster was also interesting because you get to hear all about isotope production and research that's done in Australia around nuclear science and its impact. Very, very cool. So, uh, 
that's just about it for this particular episode, but we do have far more planned throughout the year. Trust me, and uh, check out the back catalogue if you haven't been had a chance. There's heaps of different uh, science organisations doing some wickedly cool stuff with education. It's well worth checking out. But uh, that's enough for today. I hope you have a fantastic evening, morning, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Uh, you've been listening to me, Ben Newsom Phys Education, and I uh, hope you have a fantastic time. We'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au